Hey, are you a senior leader at your church? Maybe a lead pastor or executive pastor? Lean in. Two-thirds of your staff are worrying about something, and I want to give you a solution. 66% of Americans across all income levels say that health insurance, health coverage, is a major financial stressor. Our friends at MediShare, they are the solution. They're the best alternative to traditional health insurance that allows Christians to share burdens in the form of medical bills. MediShare is the leading and most trusted healthcare sharing ministry with over 415,000 members nationwide. Typical family, like the families on your staff team, save 50% on monthly medical healthcare costs when they switch. This is like more than 500 bucks a month on average. Members can join at any time. They have access to over 900,000 providers and MediShare has a 27-year track record. These people are amazing. Plus, on top of all that, they provide free telehealth and free telecounseling, which is both unlimited. MediShare is, is an authentic Christian community that is there to serve your team and you when you need them most, to pray with you, to encourage you, to help you with your medical bills. What I want you to do is go to metashare.com forward slash unseminary. That's M-E-D-I-S-H-A-R-E.com forward slash unseminary to learn more. It only takes two minutes to find out how much you could save, and then you could pass that on to your team. Again, that's metashare.com forward slash unseminary. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in every week to try to bring you a leader who will both inspire and equip you. And today is no exception. We've got Pastor Brian McMillan with us today from Centerpoint Church in Long Island. It's a fantastic church, a multi-site church, uh, got all kinds of locations. I think if I'm counting right, uh, I think it's it's either four, five, six, somewhere in that in that range. Six, great, perfect. Uh, plus church online, obviously. Uh, Centerpoint's one of the fastest growing churches in the country. Brian is the lead pastor. They do all kinds of really cool things. And this church is in the Northeast, which has a special place in my heart. Brian, welcome to the show. So glad you're here. Yeah, Rich, thank you so much. Excited to be able to be part of it. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, for folks that have been listening for a while, might remember uh, I was in New Jersey for years and intersected a little bit with Brian when we were there. But the funny kind of regional thing about New Jersey, it's like everyone in the country makes fun of New Jersey. And then New Jersey has to make fun of someone. And so they make fun of people in Long Island. That's kind of how it goes. I think that means uh, Long Island's better than New Jersey, but that's, uh, that's just how that goes. So, so yeah, excited definitely. to connect today. <laughs> nice. Why don't you tell us about Centerpoint? Tell us about the church. Kind of give us a bit of uh, the history. Yeah, that, that's great. So 
Um, I, I started Centerpoint uh, 20 years ago this coming January. Nice. So we're excited to be able to celebrate uh, that big milestone. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing college and career ministry for a while before that, and uh, it was a good Baptist church. Love the <laughs> Lord. I'd bring friends to it, and it was very traditional. And um, no one felt like they, they were connecting with what was being said or done. And right. just in that moment, I was about 24, single, maybe even a little younger, uh, still mm-hmm. single at the time. And uh, just knew that God was calling me to start a church that I could mm. invite my friends to. And I, I really mm-hmm. felt that they could connect to it. So, mm. so yeah, just four of us, that whole deal living at home. We actually started meeting my parents' home for the first oh, six months. Nice. My parents yeah, actually cool. added an addition to the house. Really? Um, wow. Yeah. And that was our sanctuary for six months uh, before the wow. public launch. Huh. Uh, if you tear up the carpet today, you'll still have scripture all over the floor there. Um, <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, so it's just one of those kind of stories, you know, just young and totally. dumb and loving Jesus. And that's <laughs> that is all I had and all we had because the whole church was in the early 20s. We had no money, no right. experience. Right. Um did not know what we were doing. There was no arc or city to city or Acts 29 mm-hmm. yet. And mm-hmm. if they mm-hmm. were there, they were still very regional. So yep. so yeah, we just went out on our own and started Centerpoint. Wow. So let's, uh, let's kind of zoom forward, give us kind of paint the picture of today. What is, uh, what does the ministry look like today and kind of the scope of it and, uh, talk us through the, you know, kind of multi-site and all that. What's all that, what's it look like today? Yeah. So uh, as you said, we are multi-site. I love multi-site. I also love Mm -hmm. church planting. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're still big in, um, helping church plants, but uh, our our goal is Brooklyn to Montauk. Uh, that's mm. over eight million people. When that's you amazing. look at Long Island, most people have no idea how big right. Long Island yeah, actually that's amazing. is. That's amazing. Um, yeah. So yeah, we have this Brooklyn to Montauk mindset, uh, and we want to start campuses everywhere that there isn't a life giving, healthy, outreach oriented church. Love um, it. And so our campuses, uh, they're a lot of fun. And I say that because in our campus model, um, we do broadcast about once every three to four weeks where I get Mm -hmm. to share to the church at large. Mm -hmm. But our campus pastors are actually very equipped on their own. They have to be, you know, preachers because they're the primary communicator. We all do the Mm -hmm. same same uh, text and direction, but everyone writes their own sermons and they really have to figure out how do I reach this zip code, this community, because they're so Mm -hmm. different across Long Island. How did yeah. they reach it for Christ? And so we have a lot of fun together as a, as a staff. Love it. When you think back to uh, the founding of the church, it's it's a privilege for us to connect with you. You've been, you know, a founding pastor who's there twenty years later. That's a you know that puts you in rarefied air. There's you know not a lot of people make it to that milestone, right. which is is incredible. So you know, praise God. Thank you for your faithfulness to the church. When you think back to that kind of founding story, lots of churches have like kind of the founding myth or like those early kind of. Um, you know, memories that just seem to resonate all these years later. What, what is it that kind of, are there a few of those stories or any of that that kind of bubbles up when you think back to uh, the beginning of the church? Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a couple. Um, yeah, a lot of, by the way, a lot of the people that were part of that first 25 uh, are still part of Centerpoint. Um, wow. All my original elders, all four of them are still in the church today. Um, and some of my dearest friends. So we, we've, we, we've wow. kept a, a long-term connection with those mm-hmm. that started off with us, which I think is pretty rare and pretty neat. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. 
but yeah, we we jumped around a lot, like most church plants. Uh, you can't meet in schools on Long Island, which is very mm. unique. Uh, mm. They just won't let you. And if you fight the legal battle, now you're just going to make enemies of the community you're trying right, to reach. Right, right. So it's not worth it. So uh, we went from a home to a Knights of Columbus to an American Legion. Uh, and those Knights of Columbus and American Legions are disgusting. I mean, they're sure. they're beat up. They're they stink like like rotten beer. You know, just stale beer. <laughs> True. And so, <laughs> and when we started, we only had a night service, only a seven right. p.m. service, because the people we were reaching, we assumed were hungover Sunday morning. So why are they? Right want to wake up early for church. They're in their yes. early twenties. And I yeah. looked like I was 16. So, <laughs> and, and my dad started coming to the church. And so whenever anyone walked in the door, the only adult was my dad and they went mm. to him and always assumed that he was the lead pastor and oh, introduced themselves to him. And, uh, um, so it was just <laughs> horrible facilities, uh, with a lot of just, uh, young, um, super excited to reach the lost young adults. Um, hmm. and so it was just very organic. Um, right. Absolutely. So yeah, it was just all relationship. Everything about it was relationship. And I missed that to be honest with you, which right. all these years later, 20 years later, I love what we've become, yes. but between you and me and no one else can hear this. I miss center point at 200, 250. Interesting. In, interesting. In yeah. those first few years, um, they, they really were the best, some of the best times of my life. Yeah, that's a good that's a good thing for people who are listening in who are who are maybe church planting early in the vision to say, hey, like l- love the season you're in. You know, you're in a in a, a unique season. I was talking to a friend recently. He was telling me about some stuff going on in his church. And I said to him, Hey, you're living in the good old days. Like you are you're living that right now. Don't, you know, don't rush through this. This is, you know, these are the stories you're gonna tell your grandkids. Um, when you think about there's like a weird thing that I think happens with churches, particularly when you're maybe starting. Um, where like other churches, it's like they feel like your competition, or they feel like you're coming in on our turf. You're you're kind of moving in on us. Did you have any of those dynamics? Uh, you know, as you started a church, as you've done that repeatedly now in multiple locations, uh, has there, has that been a part of the story of of what's happened there? Yeah, it's such a big part of who Centerpoint now is and um, why we do what we do. Because when you're when you're in your early twenties in ministry, you're you're still pretty naive right. to the insecurity of pastors, um, right. <laughs> and something I have to battle all the time. But I didn't know how broken most pastors are. Mm. Um, uh, they're territorial, they're afraid. I mean, and I Mm. get it now, like everyone knows how to do church in your church better than you do. And they always tell you like that, (laughs) that jacks you up. You know, you, you invest a lifetime in someone and you say one little thing they disagree with. They're like, Oh, pastor, I have to leave the church. But when I got started Mm. in ministry, I I didn't know the brokenness that we Mm. as pastors go through. And so I remember, um, going to five different pastors that I, I knew of. Um, that mm-hmm. were respecting the area. And again, I've been doing ministry at that point for five years as a college and career pastor out mm-hmm. of a, a Baptist church. So I, I go to these five pastors and I reach out to them. And I anticipated uh, naively again for them to roll out the red carpet. Mm-hmm. I, I expected pastors like, wow, a young man wants to start a church <laughs> in one of the most unchurched areas in America where only two yeah, three yeah. percent of us are evangelical. And man, there's so mm-hmm. many lost people. And instead, I got the door shut on me. Um, I I was rejected. Uh, I was lied about um, from a a pastor, just making stuff up, afraid that I was going to steal all their young people. And Mm. I I felt so defeated and alone 
Um, mm. I didn't, I did have an association uh, that we were part of at the time. It was what my church was. I was leaving conservative Baptist, but they, they, they really weren't set up for church planting back then. Um, mm. I don't know what they do now, but mm-hmm. and the church I was leaving just lost the lead pastor. So they were so inwardly focused that they mm. didn't think about us either. So mm. it, it, I felt nothing but rejection from the wow. larger Christian community. And that huh. really jacked me up as a 24, 25 year old pastor. Um, Absol- just- well, yeah. So that's amazing to me because I think, wow, like that, um, what a terrible way to get started. How did you process that at the time? How did you kind of work through that? And then I think there's a lot of people who would bail and say like, Hey, I, I, I can't get anybody to even, you know, cheer me on here. Why, what did you do to be able to kind of move forward and say, no, we're going to make this thing happen still. Yeah, you know, I I don't even really know to be honest with you. <laughs> sure, I, sure. I, we yeah. we had such a great core team, and right. we all truly the only thing we had was faith that Jesus wanted us to do this. I mean, there was right. there was nothing else on the table that indicated right. we should be moving forward, and so um, so I think it was that, and in part, my dad uh, has always been a mentor to me. He wasn't a pastor, mm-hmm. but he was always a, a key elder of every mm-hmm. church we were part of growing up. And, um, and I think having his support also helped me, but that was it. It was just like, well, someone has to start something new here. Right. You, you know, Conviction like, around. Yeah. yeah we got to reach Northeast people. is so much further behind, especially yes. 20 years ago from the rest of yep. America, especially when it came to trying to reach a community. And I knew we had to do it. So, mm-hmm. so we, yeah, we, we kept pressing forward, even though we really felt like we were the pariahs in wow. the, the local church context and only to find out later that none of the churches got along. Like, right, you know, right. there was walls up around every church on, right. on the Island at that time. Interesting. So now how's that carried out to this day? Do you have a big sign on your front door say church planners don't come here? Uh, you know, did, did you just pass that on like some sort of bad, you know, freshman hazing re- routine to the, the guys that are coming after you? Or how is that? Obviously, that's not the case. How have you, uh, how's that kind of impacted your thinking and how you lead uh, even today as you engage with other churches? Yeah, I wanted to feel that power of rejecting everyone. So I embraced it. Thoroughly. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, it, you know, it became one of the the foundational things that I, I think has steered our church. Because huh. uh, a lot of times God takes pain and rejection and makes it into something beautiful. He redeems right. it. Yep. And, and for me, um, really always having a, a perspective, we, we never wanted to simply start a church. We wanted to see Long Island come to Christ. Mm. So I, I remember uh, talking to a couple of my leaders um, after one of these particular incidences that really just crushed me. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it was just so blatant. Um, and, and I remember saying to them, guys, if God allows Centerpoint to make it, like if if we actually mm-hmm. one day and if we if we hit like 150 one day, we thought we were going to be you know mm-hmm. f- in a phenomenal place. But if we ever were able to make it, can we be the church? that does the exact opposite of everything we've ever experienced. Mm, oh, and like most good. churches, you have your values, but our six mm-hmm. values very unique for us because it's just called kingdom. Mm. And that six value um, says that everything we have is the kingdom of God's. And as much as possible, we want to help and bless every other church and ministry within our area so that we're raising that tide of all churches um, and so we've gone out of our way since day one to try to bless and support uh, as many churches as possible uh, <laughs> on Long Island in the New York area. 
And so what does that look like? So I think there's a lot of churches that would say they value that, but then haven't actually actioned on that. What 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 does that actually practically look like as you engage with other churches? Yeah, uh, great question. So part of it is uh, clearly financial. You know, we mm-hmm. have a, a large part of our budget that goes to local church planting. <laughs> um, but the money's the easy part. Right. You know, I mean, your church expects you to give away a certain amount. And, and mm-hmm. so, so there's that. The, the hard part when it starts to come down to the things that we care about most, which is our, our Sunday attendance often, our top givers, mm-hmm. um, people that really serve and are significant within your congregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've gone out of our way to make sure that any church plant, no matter how close, still gets supported by us. And we wow. have some parameters. It's not a free for all, mm-hmm. but we've we've supported a church plant as close as two miles down the road, um, wow. and huh. let them come. You know, not necessarily preach on a Sunday, but certainly giving them a stage presence on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, let them tell our church we don't want to lose anybody. But if God's calling you to a new assignment to help with this new work, you mm-hmm. are completely free to go. Just let us know. Wow. Huh. Um, and so we've gone out of our way with our people uh, to do that as well as resources. Um, so this past week, even we had what, what we call our United night of worship, all of our campuses come together. It's a, it's an awesome night to worship. Mm-hmm. And we, we prayed over a church that's launching next month um, hmm. that we're excited about called local church. Yep. And uh, so that was on the stage. And then behind the scenes, we had a church on the North shore that had uh, a couple of their people just following our tech team to learn mm. how we do all of our technology because we're ahead oh, of them so and good. they want to pick it up. And so they're, they're following us with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's all those, those different elements on our website. We list over 20 other churches, churches. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That are in the area yeah. because, and here's the other thing we have to remember as pastors, our church fits our personality. That doesn't mean it's mm-hmm. going to fit someone else's personality. Right. Right. And yeah, so true. I would rather send them to a church I know is decent. Um, then try to keep them. And then, then you always have someone just disgruntled. Right. So right. like, it's yeah. good to lose some people. When, yes. Yes. And I, that's so I'd amazing. rather send them. <laughs> to yeah. Somewhere that's that amazing. Fits. So I, I, I love that because, so I'd love for you to speak to the lead pastor or the, you know, maybe senior leaders in a church who are struggling with, because I've heard people express the concern around people leaving, even when it's, launching a multi-site. So it's not even like planting a new, a brand new church or like a a different organization. It's like, gosh, I don't know that we can, uh, you know, we can kind of give those people up, quote unquote. How does that work for you as a leader? Like that's, there's a lot of leaders that struggle with that. So how how have you been able to, you know, be open-handed enough? I love the the point towards saying, hey, we're going to try to reach all of Long Island here. And uh, the, my assumption is you've got comfortable with the fact that it's not going to be just your church that does that. Uh, but h- how do you work that through? Maybe talk to a leader who's a little hesitant to, to, a, to kind of give other ministries, other new churches, or maybe it's campuses, give them profile because I'm afraid of what we're going to lose here. Yeah. So let me start with, with just complete honesty. I hate losing any person ever. <laughs> right. And um, I get jealous <laughs> of other churches that are doing amazing things. Right. And, um, you know, all of that is deeply, deeply rooted in me. Mm-hmm. So this doing this isn't easy and it's not mm-hmm. easy for me. And we've been doing it for 20 years. I, I right. still 
I still, when I hear like certain people are leaving to help, um, I'm like, why do we do this? Come on already. So, (laughs) so I think it's just important to realize that we all have our flesh and Mm -hmm. our pride and it's Mm -hmm. really hard. And that's why we all struggle with it. Um, but what I've come to learn is a couple of really important things. First, I, I think we have some skill and some talent at center point. I don't want to downplay it, but I will say this, the blessing that we've received far outweighs the skill set <laughs> and mm. uh, what we're able to do as a church. Mm. Um, you know, we're probably the largest church or one of them at this point on Long Island. And mm-hmm. we've had four mergers, four mm-hmm. other churches have given us their facilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's supernatural. And yeah, right. when, when you look at the amount of people that have come to Christ at the church and been baptized, all this stuff, it's, it goes well beyond our strategy or gifting. It's, it's mm-hmm. the, just the blessing of God. Mm-hmm. So if you really want your church to grow and be healthy, my challenge is, is get the blessing of God and God blesses Mm -hmm. when his people are open handed. And Mm -hmm. when we're thinking more about the kingdom of God than our own kingdom. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the reasons center point has thrived is because we've always made the kingdom of God first over our Mm -hmm. own little kingdom of, of a church. Um, yeah, that's great. I, that's a great reminder, and I, I really do think, and I've seen that in in the you know the churches I've been a part of as well. That there is this. Um, it, I'm going to sound like health and wealth here, which is not what I think, but there is something right. about when we're generous, when we're open, when we have open hands. It's uh, it's like God says, "I'm going to work with those people. Those are the kind of people I want to get in the corner of. Those are the people I want to do something you know great with." Again, it's not a one for one, but it, I, I think there's something to that. Now, interestingly to me, you and you said this earlier, it caught my attention how you said, hey, even those early, you talked about the four elders that are still connected with the church all these years later, that to me, those are two interesting dynamics. It's like you're being op- super open-handed to people saying, hey, if there's a new church planting, even as close as a couple miles away, we if you want to go, you know, we, we bless you to go. We want to make that happen. Well, at the same time, you've been able to retain people. Talk through that. Why? Why do you think that's happening? How? How are those? Um, what's the kind of dynamic that's happening to allow those? You know, that to continue to happen in your church. Yeah, uh, I think it still comes back to the the reality of community and right. just the way that we are. Uh, you know, authenticity is always this buzzword of the last decade. Mm-hmm. But when a church really is authentic, and the mm-hmm. lead pastor particularly is authentic, mm-hmm. I was meeting with a friend yesterday, and this just came up. This very thing about you know, my best friends are still in our church and we've been together for 20 years. And he was Mm -hmm. shocked. He's like, a pastor shouldn't be friends with people in his church. That's how, that's how pain happens. Like they know your secrets. That's how, and I'm like, I get it. I understand, but that's just not our culture. (laughs) Yeah. That's not who you are. You know, and just this rawness and realness of New York. So Mm -hmm. I think the community that we have has certainly held a lot of people uh, to Mm. us, but um, but we have a lot of other leaders that have helped with a lot of other churches and sometimes it's a season. Um, mm. one or two of them have even like for a year or two helped the church and mm-hmm. then, you know, God released them and they ended up coming back. And I find that happens a lot. Mm. People will go, they'll be there for the season. They'll help that church get off the ground, but they really miss what they right. left. And mm-hmm. you know, they did their time and now they're, they're ready to come home. Um, and that's mm. happened a lot too. So mm. Interesting. Well, I, kind of pivoting in a slightly different direction, but re- related. Um, I love the the vision of uh, from Brooklyn to Montauk. I think that is. I think that's just so compelling for people. I think that's a. I think it's a great example of a real practical way to kind of 
envision your people and get them fired up about reaching Long Island. I know for for years at at Liquid, we would say Jesus loves Jersey. We're trying to, you know, how are we going to reach all of New Jersey? And um, and I think so many times in churches, it's like we get this. Um, we get like a huge vision. We're like, we're going to reach the whole world or we're going to reach <laughs> right. all of America or whatever. And, and we can lose the fact that, like you say, the 8 million people literally in your backyard, talk us through how the focus on Long Island has impacted your ministry, how it's kind of given you an edge, what advantage that's been, how that's helped focus you, uh, as you, as you've been leading in your context. Yeah. So Long Island geographically is in fact an island. So it makes that really right. easy, right? You have these <laughs> yes. super clear boundaries. Um, and on it, it's a commuter in many ways, uh, a group of, of communities, you know, bedroom mm-hmm. communities that are going into the city, teachers, firefighters, Wall mm-hmm. Street, cops. Um, and, and so mm-hmm. people are used to traveling out mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Um, yet Long Island for a lot of Long Islanders is co- completely unexplored. Most people don't realize how many beautiful things are here. Great golf <laughs> too, by the way, yes. just pick that up this summer. Really? But <laughs> yeah, but so, so we, we have this and then you have um, just one generation off for example, my wife, she came from Queens. Her parents grew mm-hmm. up in Queens and, and so did a, a large portion of our church. And then you have the young families that keep moving out further into Suffolk, further east, because it's cheaper. Right. It, it, and so the island is very much connected um, mm-hmm. through these relationships. Mm-hmm. And we've even talked about, would we even start a campus off Long Island? Right. Uh, say someone just said, hey, Brian, we have a church of 500, but we, right. we are lacking leadership. You know, we, could could we merge with you and be a center point Connecticut? And right now, um, our leaning is no, because mm-hmm. there is something about saying we could grow larger or we could really grow better in this one area where we know the relationships could be there, mm-hmm. where there can always be a connectivity, where we can still mm-hmm. do things together on a, a monthly basis. And yeah, you may drive an hour, but we're still a family, you know, mm-hmm. geographically in a people group. And so that's been as an extrovert and who someone who loves to know the people in my church, mm-hmm. um, as hard as that's become as we've grown. But I, I just think that really allows for cl- crystal clear vision. Mm-hmm. And it allows you to actually make a deeper long-term impact. Um, and that's what we want to do. So Yeah, I, I love that. I, I've been co- coaching multi-site churches for years. And one of the things I, we end up talking about is... Uh, personally, I think multi-site is a regional strategy. It's a, it's reaching a people in a a particular geographical area. That's kind of its best, highest form. There are the rare exceptions, folks like Life Church or you know, insert, um, you know, Hillsong people like that that have figured out how to kind of jump cultural barriers and have kind of ended up in multiple regions. But for your average church or for uh, most churches, uh, it really is best understood as like, hey, we're trying to reach this one area. And what is that area that you can get your hands around? It's amazing how, um, you know, New Jersey, other side of the city, theoretically, people would say, oh, like those are all bedroom communities of Manhattan. They're all, I could have said the same thing. Hey, it's people who are teachers and, uh, you know, people working on Wall Street, but culturally different than Long Island, you know, which is, which is a fascinating thing, right? It's, it's, there's some similarity there, but there is also some, some big differences. And so I think that's an important thing for us to wrestle through. I think you're a good example of a leader that's, uh, you know, that's doing that for sure. When you think about your own, again, kind of maybe a little bit of a different way, a different conversation in the same area, um, 
as an outsider, your church appears to be a generous church. When I look at your church, I'm like, that's a church that is, um, you're not stingy. You're not, you're trying to, uh, to live with kind of an open-handed life. Obviously we've seen, we've heard a bunch of examples of that. Talk to me about what that's like for you as a leader. Where's that come from? How, how has that impacted you as a person? Is that kind of flowing out of your relationship to generosity? What does that look like? How, how does generosity fit into this whole picture? Yeah. I think one of the things that's also led me to this is, as I said earlier, I, I realized I learned very quickly the brokenness in pastors, and mm. I, I I saw it within me too. Mm. Um, and part of it is the generosity uh, for the sake of the kingdom, but there's also a huge part of it, Rich, that it keeps me in check. Um, mm. I, I don't I, I don't want to as we all don't, I, I don't want to fizzle out. I don't want to, I don't want to sin out of ministry. I don't, you know, if, if it's time, cause I'm tired or it's time cause I'm retiring or my wife's like, Hey, you know, let's do something else. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to make sure that my soul is healthy through this. And mm-hmm. the more I'm at pastor conferences and have a lot of one-on-ones with a lot of great leaders across mm-hmm. America, uh, I hear stuff that does break my heart decisions mm. that are made and you know again that fear creeping in and taking charge and so much of our decision making is based on self-preservation um mm. or on our again our own kingdom or bettering ourselves for our our persona and our personal brand and there's part of that that's healthy i'm not against all of that as a whole mm. but for me when you're really generous and you're giving away the thing that's most valuable to us as pastors which is people and you're willing to do it's it's a soul check it's just a constant mm. soul check that says this mm. church is about god it's not about brian mcmillan it's not about mm-hmm. our brand it's not mm-hmm. and i need that all the time because mm-hmm. being a pastor you're a local celebrity that's lifted mm-hmm. up unproportionate to what anyone should be lifted up Mm. and um and you're running a little kingdom you know it's Mm. a little organization that's different than anything else out there because people base their life on what you say Mm. so if we're not super super aware of our, our our sin nature and what we're drawn to it just pastoring will crush you Mm. And it will cripple your soul and you'll crash and burn. Um, mm. So for me, this is just one of the, the, the few ways that I have just to try to keep myself, my life, my heart in check before God. Dude, I love that. So good. I, um, I'm hoping you're listening, friends, and leaning in and hearing uh, Brian's heart for you and for um, you know even just some practical ways to to really live a big K kingdom, not small K your kingdom, um, you know, lifestyle. I just think that's so good. When you think about the the practical side of it, you kind of referenced this earlier that you do provide some frameworks around kind of who you'll profile, how you'll do that. What does that look, you know, what, what does that look like? And you know, what are some of those kind of, um, what are some of the bounds upon which you put on uh, kind of exposing uh, new ministries to folks in your church? What's that look like? Yeah. So for us, it's, it's making sure we're healthy and making sure they're healthy. So I, for me, uh, the open hand kingdom mindset is like giving blood. You Mm want to give as much as is needed to bring life to someone else without you getting hurt or dying. Oh, that's good. That's good. So there are different seasons when we can be more generous, more giving, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm launching a campus somewhere, we're probably not going to do a big 
push in that area with mm-hmm. something else. So you're just mm-hmm. being smart and wise. So we want to give as much blood as we can to mm-hmm. bring life without bringing pain to ourselves. And then with other churches, there are some that we just, uh, and we're, we're pretty lenient with our theology regarding, mm-hmm. you know, you're Pentecostal or you're Baptist or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's just so many things that I'm like, yeah, I have my belief, but mm-hmm. you're leading people to Jesus. We're going to support you. I know that's not mm-hmm. exactly where I fa- fall, but I'm good with it. Um, but I do want to make sure they, they still are within orthodoxy. Um, mm-hmm. I want to make sure I don't get a vibe from the pastor that they're going to hurt or abuse people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big one for me. Uh, I just mm-hmm. know a lot of pastors really abuse their volunteers. Um, mm-hmm. they wouldn't use that language, of course, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, when you're, you're making volunteers work harder than you are and mm-hmm. you're like talking about your Sabbath, yet you want them to work on their day off. There, there's an issue mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. So, so I want to make sure that they actually have a pastoral heart yep. in what they're doing. Right. Um, and so outside of that, I mean, let's, let's get a liturgical church plan. I'm cool with it. Let's do mm-hmm. something more missional, missional oriented or home church mm-hmm. oriented. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's room in the kingdom for all of that, but I mm-hmm. want to make sure that the people are going to be good and pastoral to the people we, uh, we, we send their way. Yeah. I love that. Obviously part of that must be relationally kind of getting connected with these leaders and you know, we've got to have journey a bit of the road together. You know, it's not like fill out this form and we'll give you people next week. <laughs> you know, it's, and you know, you've got to get to that know is a the bit. hard part. I, I probably yes. spend a good 10 to 15 hours a week with other pastors on the Island. Wow. wow. Um, for me, that's, that's, that's the ministry that I love mm-hmm. and that's my heartbeat. Cause this is, a, this is costly. It's not just costly, even in your own, it's costing your own time. Cause if yep. you're going to be a kingdom minded leader, um, and, and there's different seasons based on what we're doing as a church, but you, you have to invest the time in people. Yeah. Uh, and we even have a group we started called revive LI, um, mm-hmm. revive LI.com. And it's just, we get together every two months, bunch of pastors on long Island, just mm-hmm. to support about 50, uh, get together, best practices, pray together, eat together. Um, a lot of relational investment. Yeah, it's so good. This has been a fantastic conversation. I've loved this. Get a, a bit of a, a bit of your heart, a heart for how your church is reaching Long Island. This has just been super encouraging for me. I hope it's been encouraging for you listeners as you've been listening in. Um, is there anything else you want to say, Brian, just as we wrap up, as we kind of bring today's uh, episode to a close? Uh, yeah, I guess the only thing I would say is uh, for me, we still need to be organizationally wise. We are all organizations as churches, but we are not businesses. Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, we, we shouldn't act like Wendy's being mad at McDonald's for opening up down the road. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we really need to instead be saying, hey, how, how can we bless and support these other churches uh, that are around us, build community locally? And pastors are so lonely, so frustrated. Mm-hmm. And when we can be life giving to other pastors, um, listen, I don't do stuff consciously for treasure in heaven, but I'm telling you, you're racking up some serious treasure in mm, heaven when mm. you start doing that. So, uh, so let's do it. That's good. This has been so good. If people, if you want to, if people want to track with the church, kind of track with you, where do we want to send them online? We'll, we'll link to revive LI, uh, as well on the site, but is there anywhere else we want to send them online? Yeah. Our church website is cpchurch.com. A lot of center point churches out there across the United States now, but <laughs> Hard to get um, that domain. <laughs> it is. So yeah. we are, we are cpchurch.com and uh, I'm not thoroughly impressed with our website, but it gets the job done right now. <laughs> nice. Thanks so much. Brian. Appreciate <laughs> you being here today. Thank you. My pleasure. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.